Greetings, and well done on hitting the play button on our seventh Spool.ie podcast. I'm Nigel. Hi, I'm Pork. And we're here, as always, with producer Colin. Um, last month was the first time we ended up on iTunes, and uh, I actually texted Ashton Kutcher um, and asked him, was it okay? Because he's now head of Apple, I think, or something like de that. De facto, yeah. I think de facto. Yeah. Right, I don't know. But um, he said it was fine, so we're allowed up there again. So that's pretty cool. Um we are going to start off with something a little bit different this month. We've reached the halfway point of the year, and so we figured with that, what better time for a little bit of reflection? Uh, you fellas can uh, handle this thing any way that you want to. I'm, um, you know, I'm not going to make any rules. Uh, we can, well, discuss it first and uh, then vote on it. That's, of course, uh, that's uh, one way. And, uh, well, we can uh, vote on it right now. And I think it's customary to take a preliminary vote. Yeah, let's, let's vote. So that was a clip, um, as you may know, fairly famous, from uh, 12, 12 Angry Men, uh, Sidney Lumet's 1957 classic. Sidney only died two years ago. I don't know how the hell a man made films in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, zeros. And I think... Oh, this is like, you, you liked his last film, um, When the Devil Knows You're Dead. Oh, Before the Devil Knows before You're the Dead. Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. That, that was probably have, in the zero zeros. That right? could have been 2009, maybe. Yeah, it's yeah. six or seven decades, so it's cool. Anyway, we're not talking about that. No. Uh, the reason we played that is because we had to pick our... Um, our kind of we, we figured we'd pick our, our favourite films and worst films uh, of the year so far. Uh, yeah, we're going to take a look back. First, we'll do our worst films of the year so far so I'm going to kick this off my one is Man on the Train Hitchcock Die Hard 5 and Trance Man on the Train is incredibly boring it stars uh, Larry Mullen Jr turns up in this town he's a hitman Donald uh, Sutherland is in it he's an old guy who owns a house Larry Mullen hangs out with him it's terrible it's the most wooden piece of rubbish you've ever seen and you would think a film with the drummer from U2 acting should be cool. Oscar Gold, but no, it yeah. didn't quite it, deliver. Could he act? No. No. Okay. At least he can drum, though. Yeah. Kind of. True enough. Um, what, what else did you have? Hitchcock. Really bland, boring. For such an amazing director, suspenseful, it's just a really weak, kind of tepid, bland film. There's one interesting scene that sticks out when they're showing Psycho and uh, Alfred Hitchcock or no what's Anthony Hopkins Anthony Hopkins who plays Hitchcock Sir Anthony Hopkins Sir Anthony sorry. is outside and he's doing a motiony thing that was kind of but it's really boring and it got a bit it's Oscar a good perform- buzz it's only yeah it's good with performances and but it, take out Helen Mirren and kind of forget about that just turn it into him like how he made the films so I don't know yeah um, would have been better Die Hard 5 Man. yeah Die Hard 5 is one of mine which will be coming on to in a sec it's like I, I actually have a bit more time for it because it was so daft. Uh, we saw it with producer Colin one Friday evening, mm. and um, you know we did get that bit where they ended up in Chernobyl, and you're like, oh yeah, cool. Now they're in Chernobyl. This is daft. And yeah. I, I don't know. I think they kind of knew it was daft, yeah. but we are getting another one, so because it made a lot of money. So. Yeah, we worked out though. We think it was bad because it didn't have a black person in it as his buddy. Um, first possibly. one had his cop, then the second one, the cop was also in it, and he had the flight attendant. And then Samuel L. Jackson. Jackson was in the third, and it kind of all went downhill from the fourth one. I can't remember much about the fourth. Kevin Smith had a cameo on it. Oh, okay. And what was your other two? Uh, trance was my last one. Oh, yeah, Trance. You yeah. love Trance, though. I thought Trance was kind of fun, because again, Six I thought stars, they knew I think you it gave was it. daft. No, I think it was four, I look back. Yeah, um, Yeah, it was so it's daft, just so I it kind of ridiculous. The ending keeps going, and you're like... Are they actually... Is this actually what they're doing? Yeah. And Well, it was but, Danny Boyle's post-Oscar meltdown. Yeah. yeah, what was... Yeah, and Rosario Dawson gives herself a Brazilian oh, yeah, wax and kind of gets rid of everything down there and we get this... Zzz, yeah. That was weird. Mental, yeah. Yeah. Uh, very good. Yeah, all pretty crap. Um... Mine, I've got uh, Broken City. It's a film that Russell Crowe and Mark Wahlberg, people should have been talking about it, but it was just kind of like, oh, this is a real strange kind of get through. Oh, yeah, that was the one that Nuts gave four stars to on something else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, brilliant. So it should have been fun. Hangover 2, again. Three. Three, sorry, yeah. Yeah. I'd even merged the whole (laughs) thing. Was it number three? It was, okay. Yeah. Uh, Die Hard 5. 
Uh, King of the Travelers, An another yeah. Irish one. This has been a mixed year for Irish cinema so far. I think that was okay. Like some parts of it were bad, but it's better than some Irish fare. It's better than Man on the Train. I know it's not an Irish film, but again, yeah, I didn't see Man on the Train. I don't mm. know. And then the absolute worst film I've seen this year so far is dun, 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 Will Smith and Jaden Smith in After Earth. Mm. Still haven't managed to see this. I don't really think you I might should. fast forward through it on Netflix in a couple of months. Yeah, just for it. a round and a second end of year. Yeah, but they are the lowlights in our cinematic life. Yeah. And then our highlights. Um, so mine are dum 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 Evil Dead. Okay, yeah. Hooray. Simon Killer. You didn't get to see didn't it yet. Didn't get to see that, yeah. Uh, absolutely brilliant film that no was out in the IFI for about five days and completely ignored, which is very upsetting. Um, Mud and the Place Beyond the Pines. Both fantastic, yeah. like atmospheric. Yeah, and actually, it should add that that music that's uh, um, that's a good reminder. The music that we've got kind of playing in the background there is a, a bit of music from the place beyond the pines. Mike Patton did the um, did the score, and we'll get to hear a bit of Bonnie Vare in a bit. Um, just because we've hit play on the soundtrack, we're going to see what comes yeah. out. Um, and then Good Vibrations, an Irish film, and or a Northern Irish UK film, which you probably have as well. Joint funding, yeah. And yeah. then Before Midnight, only out last week, and absolutely uh, adored it. Yeah. So that's it. What have you got in your favourite? Those are all pretty good. Yeah, mine I would go with McCullen. It was a documentary back at the start of the year about the photographer war documentary. It was fantastic. Mm. Uh, Django Unchained. I would go along with that. Mm. Uh, that was definitely one of my top films. Quentin, any year that kind of has a Quentin Tarantino film. Uh, same as you, I would go with The Place Beyond the Pines and Good Vibrations as well. Oh, good. Yeah, um, yeah I think my thing with The Place Beyond the Pines is kind of going to be that uh, at the end of the year, I just know I'm going to be trying to work out if I like this or Mud better because they're both about two kids. Um, and Strong kid way, actors. Yeah. yeah, strong kind of younger actors and, and stuff. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, but so far, all in all, I think it's interesting that in neither of our things have we got any major big, big blockbustery films. That we'll no. talk more about this later on. But uh, you know, I loved Star Trek. Yeah. But I don't think of any of the other blockbusters they've exactly. We, we, we Iron Man to, Three was fine. We, yeah, was we good. Have, exactly. Yeah. We have this disease where we go to see these things, even though we're like, meh. Yeah, we kind of feel this weird obligation. To see you feel like you have to. So yeah, Fast Six was very good as well, but it certainly mm. I don't think any of these transcend anything to kind of end up in your no, <laughs> year none endless. of them will. You're not no. going to go and defend them till the. But I'm trying to think. What was the last blockbuster? The Batman Two, maybe. The Dark Knight. Yeah, probably Fast Five. I'd probably have no. defended. Ah, no, maybe. Uh. But yeah, that's it. It's, it's, it is harder. But that's a conversation for another day. Um, we also have we'll have a little bit of fun. Usually in these podcasts, we look ahead a little bit too. So um, I've picked out four or five things that I am looking forward to for the rest of the year. The next Do you feel months. like it's half of a year, by the way? No, I think it's when you're getting old that it feels the six months have felt like three weeks. Yeah, I kind of... There was a couple of tweets and, and a couple of... The, like, I thought, oh, there's a few people just having a bit of fun. You know, here's my favourite films of the year so far. And you're like, really? Is that a thing people do? We're doing it now. Yeah. But, uh, and then I saw kind of IndieWire did it, The Guardian did it, I think Variety Magazine did Promote usually does it too. Yeah, kind of a midway point. And mm. you'll always look back at your list that, um, certainly from critics, when they get to go to festivals and see all the Oscar contenders, yeah. um, the films that come out in, you know... Uh, September, October, November and December always transcend most of the stuff that we've seen before that but I think there's a fair few things yeah but um, we should note too that you can't hold us to any of these oh no, no none of these not. films may appear in yeah, our end of year list I think there'll be two or three of them that we'll probably settle on on mutual respect for but you're yeah. absolutely right we do um, still have the Alan Partridge film to come so I think that's probably going to knock everything out <laughs> um, which leads us into our uh ones to look forward to for the year so the first one that i have coming up is uh, pacific rim which is out uh in the middle of july it's a guillermo del toro guillermo yeah which the uh power rangers movie it's in, the re the trailers are looking a little bit dodgy you're absolutely right the power rangers meets godzilla kind of and yeah. actually like those modern power rangers if you're ever up with um 
um, on a Saturday morning and you're watching like the Power Rangers cartoons now, they're really, really weird. And there's versions of them where they control robots. Is that kind of... Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Where this is kind of what just, this looks When they're like. in the giant machines, it's just like when all the Power Rangers would combine and make that giant robot. That's yeah. what it looks like. But it's got... Uh, what's his face? Idris Elba from uh, The Wire and... Uh, and the guy who played Hellboy is also in it in the trailer. I saw he's a big cameo. Uh, yeah. I, Ron Perlman yes. there we go I was, that was like trivia I love when you put me on the spot yeah. Um, yeah so that's July 12th then a little, um, August 7th Alan Partridge I think it's going to be great isn't it? no? are you a Partridge fan? yeah no, I'm not think, not a fan I just yeah. have, I never got into the TV series or anything so it's weird to it's think amazing. of it up in the cinema like it seems like an in joke that's now they've pushed it too far well at work anytime they seem to do those British TV shows to films it always seems a bit like oh this is a bit weird or weird um, and then sometimes it works and then yeah. sometimes it doesn't um, I don't know I feel it'll be a bit retro because we'll have a new season of the IT crowd on telly oh, yeah. uh, coming up in the in uh, the autumn or the winter I don't know or maybe it's a Christmas special I think it's I a one off special Chris yeah. O'Dowd tweeted a picture and it was like oh yeah that's what you used to do how nice of you to lower yourself down to hang out with Kremlin and, and uh, Richard Ayoda for a couple yeah. of days but he's a famous director now Richard, yeah, is he famous? Submarine, but has he... Yeah, he did the Tommy Tiernan thing, and he's doing a new uh, film that Facebook guy is attached to. Not Mark Jesse, Zuckerberg. Jesse, Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. Right. So. Um, I actually have a good story. Do you, you know my story, because I think you're actually there. When I went to the toilet, and Richard Ayoda and me had a brief moment um, where I was leaving the bathroom. He was going in, and he just goes, all right. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no problem. It yeah. was after Submarine had premiered at uh, a festival. Had he dropped his iPhone down the toilet? He, <laughs> anyway, um, what else have I got? Uh, the, the Hobbit, i got to admit, I'm kind of excited. Mid-December. No, you will. You'll go and see it. Yeah, I'll go and see it, but it's this blockbuster it's thing hardly. again. I saw the trailer recently before Superman, and it, it looks weird. They did the thing of showing the dragon in the trailer. Has nobody seen Jaws? But I think the whole, the whole thing with the first film was that we didn't really get to see the dragon, but I think the dragon is all through this. So they kind of... Yeah, I know you're right. At the end, you're like, all right, so any doubt over what the dragon looks like is now... There it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Hold out hope. Um, The one then, we just looked at the trailer a couple of minutes ago, The Counselor. Um, Before you say anything about The Counselor, November 15th, by the way, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to give you some names. So uh, are you ready? So you have to stay in your chair. Uh, Ridley Scott, Cormac McCarthy, Brad Pitt, Michael Fassbender, Penelope Cruz, Javier Bardem, Kovac from Eeyore, Cameron Diaz, and Hitler from Downfall. Are Kovac and Javier but um, not the same person? Um, that would actually be so weird if that happened. They look Whereby very similar. Out, you know, they're 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 separate. That would be very funny. Um, what are, have you anything to look forward to in your uh, life? Like, I, I don't. That's sort of like you're on the edge, isn't it? Yeah. I just put my arm around pork for the those fact listeners. That I was like, anything to look McCarthy forward to. Like, you need goals and targets in life yeah. to kind of keep going. That's what I do. Keep the checklist. Yeah. Uh, I have a few. Only God forgives, of course. We've kind of been talking about it for the last couple mm, of months. The most, the possibly the most divisive film I've from, seen ever. It, so it can? Yeah, I can. I played yeah. can and then people were like, yeah, film of the year. And then it was like, no, nah, worst film in the world. But I think people love to do that at festivals. You yeah, know. you have extreme opinions. But um, we're going to catch that hopefully in the 2nd of August. Uh, we should be getting it. Uh, then Pain and Gain, which comes out <laughs> the end of August, which is uh, Mark, Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberg and The Rock. Starring in a Michael Bay directed film, it looks hilarious. Seen the trailer, two bodybuilders who are become bank robbers. Yeah, um, that's ensues. a very yeah. The, the fact that I like that you have a bit of a um, I, I don't know what I was going to say there. A bit of a, Not a something film? for no, a bit of a something for the rock there. It's kind of good to see my my yeah. influence has been been paying off. I hope. And then finally, uh, cloudy with a chance of meatballs too. Uh, it's coming out at the end of October. It was like a kid's film about two, three years ago maybe. That was hilarious. Really weird film to do with food. Mm. Um, Stars Bruce Campbell. And he's signed up again for the second one. So the trailer looks pretty funny. Lots of wee sight jokes. And yeah, should be good. Yeah, I think it must have been about 2010. Because I think it was one of my... It was back in the day. Before we started school, we used to just email uh, lists to each other. It was quite a sad uh, thing. Yeah. 
kind of a, a way to carry on. But uh, now, now the world gets to listen. Most of it doesn't listen. But uh, yeah, I think Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs is one of my favourite films from that year. 2010 is what I'm thinking. Let's go. Early 2010. Yeah. It's a long I time said for Mr. T scene. as well, actually. That was another character. He was the security <laughs> guard guy. Or the cop. Yeah. Amazing. Um, very good, yeah. So, basically, stuff to look forward to. And this, none of these films, I don't think, are, in fairness, any of the usual uh, awards-y kind of lower films. The thing is, a lot of those release schedules aren't really locked in, so it's a bit harder to work out what's going to fall in November, December, and what we'll get in January. I, I was going to put uh, 12 Years a Slave, the Steve McQueen yeah. film, but um, it's not out until uh, January 12th. It's the same with the Wolf of Wall Street, the Scorsese exactly. one. We're not so, going to get to see that till January. Yeah, so it's a bit frustrating. But uh, anyway, 2013. Good stuff, he said in June, not December. Keep it up. Yeah, keep going. All right. Uh, let's, let's take part two. Here's here We're going to do our usual thing. Look back on the month of June. Here's a clip from World War Z. I got one. Why are there so many? It's like three in the last five minutes. What is going on? Yo. Hold on, guys. Daddy, be careful on the road. It's okay, baby. Okay, so there we had a clip from World War Z, which... Are we saying Z? I'd need to jump in there. I just said Z. Why? What's wrong? Well, because we didn't do... Is it said? Well, are we Sesame Street educated? It's an American film and it's an American book. Okay, so we're saying Z. Yeah, this was the big debate anytime you'd hear a review on the radio. Um, anyway, right, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, what would we call it? No, I mean, move on to the next one. Oh, right, so okay. I'm going to talk about Man of... Oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> Um, yeah so it's based on the book by Max Brooks um, who I think actually believes that zombies are going to take over the world because he has a follow up book how to descend yourself from a zombie apocalypse this is what privilege that you do yeah and the the connection is that uh, Max Brooks is the son of Mel Brooks and his wife um, or his mother is Anne Bancroft do you know who she played the graduate. Yes, Mrs. Wow. Robinson. She's still alive? No, she's not with us anymore. Passed she was away. younger than you would think when she played. I think she was only 13. Yeah, that I was the thing, I think. 35 yeah. or 36. Um, so she's died This was younger. scandalous somehow. That's sad. So <laughs> anyway, World War... Like Amy Adams or something. Yeah. Amy Adams and a young, whatever age Justin Hoffman was, probably 25. Oh my goodness. Mm. Anyway. So World War Z kind of starts out with um, Brad Pitt, who plays Jerry Lane. And we find out he used to work for the UN. He doesn't work for them anymore. And you can see in the opening credits, which are pretty good, actually. A bit of a nod to 28 Days Later. I or did not, like not 28 Days Later, Dawn of the Dawn Dead, of the Dead yeah. remake. Which is, I still hold that up as one of the one of the greatest films of all time ever. Yeah. Sure. For zombies. That's good. Yeah, no, it is. Not. Very good. Um, so taking a nod from those credits, we kind of find out that something started going on in the world. People are getting sick. We don't know if it's a flu or if it's a virus. Then it finally hits America and all hell breaks loose. But because of Brad Pitt's previous UN connections, him and his family get saved. But it comes with a catch. People want him to go into foreign countries with their top viral people to find out what's going on, where it started from, and how to finish it all off. So then it's just kind of Brad Pitt jet-setting around the world. He goes to Israel, goes to... Where does he go to... North Korea, no, he South goes Africa? to South Korea. South Korea. And he goes yeah. to Israel. He goes to Wales. He yeah. threatens to go to Russia. He threatens to go to India. He goes to New York, New Jersey. Yeah. Philadelphia as well. Is he yeah. in Philadelphia? I suppose he That's is. where it kind of breaks That's out. That's where it I think. starts yeah. in Philadelphia and then. So, so it literally is a world of yeah. war. It kind of seemed, I didn't find this when I was kind of looking it up, but you kind of almost think that Brad Pitt was a big spearhead behind it because yeah, he yeah. seems the biggest figure in it yeah. and everyone else is a bit of a nobody but yet they were able to get him on board like yeah, I well he I think he is the, the guy behind it because it was in 
I'm, he kind of seemed to make a lot of the decisions as in this isn't really working and then they went and reshot loads and yeah it's just it was directed by mark um foster who's also directed finding neverland monsters ball and quantum of solace which i quite like that james bond film but people hated it i think um yeah. so you can tell by those kind of films the feel of it and it's while there is shocks and scares, it's not that scary. It's more just kind of a story film. They're trying to, it's like a detective thing. They're trying to figure out where the virus has come from, how they can stop it. And then the, the last 30 minutes, 20, 30 minutes all take place in one part. And mm. it's kind so of like an old... that was the redone bit that they just said. Yeah, it kind of is like an old school yeah. zombie film. Yeah, producer Colin said um, Resident Evil. Yeah. Computer games, I quite mm. like that. We should, he should probably take our place sometime no. with opinions like that no? so I don't know like what people were expecting from it maybe fans of the book it sounds yeah, like it's a fantastic book? book no no and I hadn't either so because so, I can't read yeah but um, maybe it's not as action packed as that but I thought it was really interesting it's a good story it's not that scary or jumpy but like people were jumping in the cinema um, yeah like there's you can pick it apart completely like his wife is incredibly one dimensional in that like she just you know there's not I'm much not going believing on she's Brad Pitt's wife either yeah a lot of people said that not to be well. harsh but yeah she's anyway. in The Killing the American thing um, oh okay and she's she's really good in it but they're an unusual match aren't they mm. Um, and yeah I mean the whole thing with the ending being that the bit where they get on the plane suddenly became a brand new film after they were like oh dear that old bit if you do if anyone listening to this hasn't um seen it seen it yeah but also well no I actually meant like if anyone hasn't read how the film go see the film basically because it is worth seeing you will definitely have an opinion on it and then read how the film was kind of meant to end because it's really really weird oh yeah because there's a lost connection with Matthew Fox yeah (laughs) who's in it and you're like is that Matthew Fox always shown in long shots who's in it for in the background it's like he's a bit part but it it kind of makes sense when you read the original ending yeah yeah exactly and um no so worth kind of seeing um oh there is but also what did you give it what do you give it out of five what's if you were i'd give it a solid three you give it what i also went with three yeah i have a slightly less solid three but i i think um i did enjoy it so much more like i think there's so much wrong with it but it's actually great fun and there is a bit too much like there's a weird when they go to my problem was when they went to israel and they held it up as this perfect society of everything and you're like what are we trying to what are they kind of trying no where they're building walls and you're like I don't really know what you're trying to make this really obvious thing that the Palestinians are all wrong or all zombies and then they have the lovely line about North Korea and um, that's a brilliant bit yeah so there's loads there I just don't think it it fulfilled I think it it was successful when they shrunk everything down I like the bit in the, the Welsh bit at the end that's where it kind of worked for me I think and just keeping it simple. Yeah. Um, moving on, then... Uh, Blockbuster number two. Blockbuster number two of the month was Man of Steel. It just came out two weeks ago. Um, as a bit of background to it, a film we just talked about a couple of seconds ago, Dawn of the Dead, directed by Zack Snyder. Snyder um, 300, which was less successful, but I kind of liked it. Sucker Punch, I really liked. Watchmen, really liked. So basically, Zack Snyder's oh, on this little... Watchmen. Exactly. He's on this that, little yeah. pedestal for me, and I really... And I, I do enjoy... I think Superman is a really weird character now in this, because, you know, he doesn't really have any flaw. Like, his flaws is what? That he, you know... He, if he goes too far too close to a planet he starts feeling a bit woozy yeah like you know he is that is always the problem with Superman you never really like him he can do everything and yeah and he works for the government and he does all that so he doesn't have that f- weird he's no, darkness yeah that he's that not Wolverine or yeah yeah yeah, or anti you know or Spider-Man and the slightly more uh, likeable characters but I still had high hopes I loved Superman Returns from a couple of years ago Um, very good film very underrated everybody seemed to hate that yeah, and it made all this money, and yet it's considered a flop. There was a really couple of good articles a couple of weeks ago about how the hell that kind of thing happens, where you make back your full production and marketing budget, and people give you good critic ratings, and yet somehow everyone's like, oh no, we can't do a sequel. I don't really know how they come up. Like, we're getting a new Die Hard, we're getting a new, another Man of Steel, even though, like, well, it made a ton of money, I guess, yeah. and there probably will be another World War Z, and like, how, what the hell are they working it off? Yeah. What kind of metrics? What are the maths? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, anyway let's Amy Adams as yeah, I guess we should let's listen to a clip. clip. My name is General Zod. Which 
sometime your world has sheltered one of my citizens. I request that you return this individual to my custody. To Kal-El, I say this. Surrender within 24 hours. Or watch this world suffer the consequences. So that was our introduction to one of Spool's uh, favourite actors, uh, Michael Shannon. Actually, his introduction on Earth, I guess. Yes. Um, his introduction in the in the to the people of Earth, uh, in and he plays General Zod. So he's come from uh, Krypton and he's travelled for twenty five thousand years, floating around looking for Earth. He didn't look that old, but uh, he did. He he was probably the best thing about the film for me. Thought it was great. I thought he was great and thought everything they did with him was great and their big fight at the end to me it kind of lost uh, I guess at this point everyone's it's kind of like the never ending film there's, yeah. there's one point it, there's like a standoff in Smallville you're like could end it here then there's a bit on a spaceship you're like could end it there then there's mm-hmm. a fight with Side. you're like oh could end it there and then there's another final bit and like for me the individual bits were okay I thought the fight with Zod was really good but you had 15 minutes either side we were like oh I don't need this yeah like they're just you can pick it apart and it didn't really fit in with what Superman should have done for me like I mean the way that he one thing that was really weird was um, there were two of these earth machines right either side oh yeah that thing either side of the world because they're trying to make earth look like they were trying Krypton. to give it the re, re, climatize it to make it like Krypton. Superman yeah. decides to fly off to the one in the middle of the sea that isn't actually threatening anyone and leaves the NYPD and the and the Marines to kind of do the one that's at, looking after the best city in the world and fights this weird Metropolis. snake claw thing. Yeah, like I I didn't really that didn't really sit well with me. And there's a the, couple of things where there's um, a bit where Russell Crowe or Russell Crowe is in it for loads of the film. Which, Even though he dies after 15 minutes. Oh, which makes no sense. It's really annoying. The flashbacks with Kevin Costner worked well. Yeah. And no, not enough people are talking about the fact that Superman's two dads are both Robin Hood. Yeah. Like, come yeah. on. That's brilliant. That's fantastic. That'll yeah. be a table quiz question from the future. Yeah. But uh, who played Superman again? Sorry, Henry. Henry Cavill. Yeah, I thought he was fantastic as Superman because he's kind of light. And then, yeah, people you know. People said he didn't funny. have much charisma, but sure, Superman is always this really geeky awkward kind of you yeah, know kind of bland then when he's, he's not Bruce Wayne yeah yeah so yeah he's not meant to have much attitude that's the no. whole point of it so uh, yeah he was good he's from uh, Jersey one of the Channel Islands just if you're wondering not New Jersey no Jersey Shore no, no. not the James Gandolfini uh, Jersey Jersey the other one the more like oh we have cows and stuff Oh, right. uh, yeah but I liked it the Lois Lane thing I think would be good in the inevitable sequel but I think here it was kind of like you would think the sequel has to be yeah. Lex Luthor. Yeah, you'd imagine, and it'll all. What be else is there with Superman, Bar, General Zod, and Lex Luthor? There's a few other like weird space like Lex Luthor. I think the reason he's so popular is because he's like an Earth villain. If yeah. You know what I mean? Like a lot of his other um, adversaries um, are all kind of space things, and they'd have a fight in space. That's in the comic oh, books, right. and you're like, okay, yeah, I get it, because they're on Superman's level, and that's why Zod was a good match. Yeah. Whereas with Lex Luthor, what does he always do? Like he fills like a can of coke full of of uh, of thingy midgy kryptonite, and just kind of holds it up. Yeah, yeah. Um, old school Gene Hackman and yeah, yeah, I can't Kevin remember. Spacey. Played Kevin Lex Spacey. Luthor. That was it. Okay. So why doesn't he die when he's on Krypton? Because I think by moving because, to Because, yeah, that was the thing they were saying in the film. He had de-acclimatized to their thing. Oh, and that's how you get the eye vision. Because Zod didn't <coughs> have the eye vision because he picked it up from the sun. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I, I get it. Okay, so um, we're going to take an Irish look now at our last film for July. It's called uh, Citadel. For June. Um, for June, sorry. Getting ahead of yourself. Getting ahead of myself. Uh, we so, have just taken we have travelled through the whole year though yeah and Russell Crowe has travelled for 25,000 years to kind of guide us so there's no he's standing over in the corner actually yeah, pointing it's the weird. way it's weird why is he there creepy I don't know and he keeps shouting and he threw a phone at me earlier remember he did that years <laughs> <laughs> anyway so here's a clip from Citadel you hear footsteps behind you but you don't turn around you can't the steps are getting nearer now they sound louder and louder the panic is trying to get in. It's harder to breathe. Now you see a light ahead of you. A car. There's a friendly person in this car. You can make it. 
Suddenly, the steps behind you become a run. They're trying to get you. Walk faster, Tommy. Get to that light. Freeze! So there we heard uh, Citadel, which is the latest film from Kieran Foy. Um, it's his directorial debut. And it's a brilliant film. It's really creepy and scary. It concerns an Aaron Barnard who plays Tommy. And him and his wife are leaving tower blocks and they're going to set up in a new place. But Tommy gets stuck in the lift and then his pregnant wife gets attacked by a bunch of hoodies, gets stabbed, falls into a coma. And then Tommy is left to look after his newborn child. So then he suffers from... Nightmare. Yeah, you are worst. afraid of commitment to begin with and then yeah because <laughs> it was interesting like the film is obviously about him suffering he then kind of suffers from agoraphobia this fear of open spaces and he can't leave the house the door becomes this symbol this for him yeah, yeah he like can't and the director prison. we were lucky enough to go to a screen and the director was saying about throughout the film he came up with this concept of rectangles to be the door like the tower block is a rectangle they're all these really powerful images for him. And originally it was just going to be uh, Tommy on his own. But then they added the element of the child to make it that much more creepy. And for you to be much more emotionally invested been, in it. It would have been a different film without that element of... Because you'd imagine if it's just him by himself, he'll just run. But when you have the responsibility of a child and he can't yeah. get anywhere I love the scene on the bus that's terrifying yeah I spend a lot of time on buses and um, yeah it just suddenly you're like where's the drive what because ah! mm. like we all have ex- like the hoodies in the film are kind of weird zombie mo- it, it's all explained they're sort not like just feral yeah, animals or something they're very clever because you don't really see no, that much of them and they're not like they're not just junkies but like you have this extra element of fear because you've all seen those characters around Dublin and you might be a bit like, oh, dubious about them. And that you've all been on a bus. This is coming from one member of the school team who lives um, just in Dublin. Yeah, in Dublin 8, yeah. uh, in near Thomas Street. And then the other member lives in Dublin 7. 7. Uh, around Stony Batter, Cabra. Yeah. So we do get lots of characters yeah. in and around this area. So it does add another element, but the director was very uh, adamant to point out that it's not like an anti you know kill all junkies because there's a really interesting thing the reason he kind of came up with the film is because he suffered an attack when he was younger and this is almost like semi-autobiographical or biographical um film for him he was attacked and the film is almost a way of him trying to come to terms with it and get through it or Mm. show his experience so it's not a like you know kill all junkies blah 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 it, it's a much which, more kind of considered which must be fun if he's viewing it as a little bit of a cathartic process the fact that the film was made about two years ago and he's had to kind of do all these uh, yeah constantly oh yeah, so this is it. about my main psychological problem um, yeah. this is my psychological and then going on for about uh, a year but it's, and a half it's, it's a really creepy film really tense the music and it's fantastic really cranks it up I don't know I felt really sorry for them because re- they released it the same weekend as World War Z there's similar kind of zombie films and like yeah and the way this was marketed was as a flat out kind of horror yeah. thing whereas it's much more it's really clever it's a psychological yeah. thriller and, and people are going to go to the American blockbuster than, yeah. like young people are as opposed to the Irish film which is a pity because it's it's a much better film than World War Z and it's much scarier possibly the most different film to World War Z you could probably come up with <laughs> Yeah, that's out Although, this month. Yeah, that's out this month, just if you want two things and then for them to lump them in. But that seems to be what's been happening this year with Irish films, that there's so many of them and most of them are shite. We've already talked about uh, two crap ones mm. and it just means that the slightly good ones, there doesn't seem to be enough uh, energy given. So go catch it if you haven't seen it. And we'll just finish up our July thing with our movie moments of the month. Our June thing. You are racing June, ahead. July. Sorry. June. Um, we also, though, I will say we've got reviews up uh, just this weekend of two films that are out this right now that have just come out brand new, new releases. Um, I've seen one and you've seen the other. So mine is uh, The East, which is kind of about these eco-terrorist freegans. Freegan was a word I didn't know. Freegan is basically like vegans oh. who eat out of bins. <laughs> and actually, they're not really... And actually, they might eat meat, but no, I think it's mainly about looking for fruit in bins. And they're eco-terrorists. And um, 
It's got one of my favourite actresses in it, Britt Marling, and it's great. And is directed by um, Zal Batmangli and his brother is in Vampire Weekend. So it's a good bit of trivia, isn't it? That's brilliant trivia. So it's good. It's his second film. So the review's up there. It gets four. And you also get four too. Uh, This is the end. It's the Seth Rogen. uh, Evan Goldberg. Yeah. Comedy thing. That's a vehicle. house party. Yeah. Vehicle. Yeah, fair vehicle. Uh, so it's James Franco who's having a house party. Uh, Seth Rogen and his friend turn <laughs> even up to the, Even the line of James Franco's having a house party. Yeah. Like, and it's is. not James Franco playing a character. It's the James Franco. Uh, it's all his friends are there. Jonah Hill. Uh, Danny McBride turns up. Michael Sarah, Rihanna. Everybody. Oh, uh, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Gotta say, it's really good. It's really funny. Yeah. It looks a bit dodgy from the trailer, but they haven't given away all the surprises in the film. There's some very good cameos towards the end, and it's yeah, it's just it's a good adult juvenile film. Which we haven't had. I was just thinking when you were like, yeah, it's really good. I'm like, I've no idea when the last time there was a good mainstream comedy out. I was thinking Twenty One Jump Street was the last one, probably, and you it's know? a year. It's yeah. Jonah Hill the glue that just makes us that holds all this kind of thing together possibly anyway movie moments of the month of June June uh, if you don't mind so I'll go first for the crack um, mine was Ethan Hawke's first film that came out this month uh, which was The Purge which was film about basically it's the future where all crime is kind of legal and you can do whatever you want and he sells security fancy gate things for your house and he yeah it's an interesting kind of film yeah and so for one night yeah for one night a year um all crime is legal we should say because and Mm. that means that no crime is legal the rest of the year i don't know how realistic that is yeah uh, but uh no i liked it um a fair bit like some things about it i like the concept more than actually what the end film was which had a lot of pretty bad dodgy lines did you see the purge you did. yeah I did I quite liked it. the thing I liked about it was or I thought it was interesting because you have the thing the, the premise is basically um, you can do whatever you want that night so then someone turns up to Ethan Hawke's house one of his kids isn't really happy with the whole purge so lets this person into the house then a gang of people turn up and are like give us that person or else we're going to come in and kill all of you because we want to kill him <laughs> so then there's a standoff thing but there's a really funny thing where Ethan Hawke Everybody in the film is incredibly annoying. Bar Ethan Hawke. His kids are really annoying. You kind of wish they'd die. There's a thing going on with the daughter and her boyfriend. She's really annoying. Then the wife is... Because Ethan Hawke obviously wants to protect the family. So he gets the person that's come into the house. And he's like, right, well, we're going to give this out to the people. Then the wife's like, well, you can't do that. And he's like, all right, okay. So it's like, right, well, if we don't give the person to the people outside, we're going to have to kill all the people outside. Mm. And then the wife's like, well, we can't do that. And he's just, Ethan Hawke, you just kind of like make your mind up. But the way it all comes around then, it has a lovely moral victory at the end. But that's really annoying. I don't agree with that. Can I spoil that? Um, yeah, yeah, no, I'm going to. It's basically Ethan Hawke is killed, and then his by by the neighbors that they they hop yeah. in there. And so my favorite bit, my movie moment of the month, is where the wife, um, the neighbors who turn on them for being really annoying and taking all their money to sell them the security gear that doesn't work. Then the wife, uh, kind of regains control because the the homeless guy who yeah. helped him helped out and um, comes and saves yeah, them all. she comes and breaks the neighbor's nose and it's hilarious because uh, yeah. it's uh, Lena Headey who was in is in Game of Thrones and was in uh, Judge Dread or Dread hmm. from last year and um, she gets she doesn't get to do anything in the whole film apart from be annoying yeah except for that bit at the end where she just slams thingy down and um, but it was so annoying nose. like Ethan Hawke goes around saving the day killing loads of people you know standing up and then he's the one who gets killed and I kind of w- I was like oh maybe he's not dead and I was like no mm. very annoying yeah so Before Midnight was his other film in case anyone was wondering how he does he die in that is that how that ends that's actually he's actually dead already he's a ghost in it. Yeah. oh it's like they're Spoiler in heaven alert. oh okay yeah. right no that's a lie uh, what was your film uh, Byzantium uh, kind of came out at the start of the month it technically may have come out in May but I didn't see it until June and um, it's the Neil Jordan film with Sarah Theron and all about vampires uh, but it's good it's really good it looks fantastic and it's I just kind of was like it's a nice adult film about vampires and there's low, it's like the classic is it, better, is it better than all of the Twilight films yes or is it even worth comparing them That's not really because you did just... kind of like Neil Jordan when he was doing one of the interviews said he was annoyed how vampires had suddenly become some pious thing where you don't you know have sex with anyone or 
kill anything it had become this symbol and he wanted to go back to the old school thing of the lust and uh, mm. you know yeah all that stuff what so was, what's your moment the moment from it is a bit of a spoiler alert in order to become vampires they go to like this cliff it's uh, or this wee cabin it's kind of like a Doolin or something I think they're called in Old Irish on an island yeah hmm. so they go to this which I think it's just near Neil Jordan's house I got the impression again in interviews where he just sort of said yeah it was nice we got to film down you know not too far from my house and you're like it's like as if he just like looked for all the locations hmm. near his house so there's a bit where they go into the cave and there's a waterfall running over it and when they become vampires the whole waterfall turns into blood and it looks fantastic and it's just it's good it's adult you know there's loads of blood and yeah. gore and sex in it so it's like a lot of Irish films cinematography top quality yes but the story problem. holds up with this one I think yeah yeah well um, worth a look yeah very good alright so that's the end of part 2 um, we're going to start part 3 off with a little bit of music um, we're not going to tell you what it is um, and then we'll tell you why the hell we're playing it Change your heart Look around you Change your heart It will astound you And I need your love Sunshine And everybody's gonna learn sometime Everybody's gonna learn sometime Everybody's gonna learn sometime Okay, so we fade that down a little bit. So the reason that <laughs> I've chosen to play a Beck cover of a song by the Corgis is because uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is one of uh, the uh, films playing in the Eye to Eye program in the IFI in the month of July. So it's playing on July 30th at half past six. But the Eye to Eye, which is such a weird pun on the name or like a play on the IFI, Eye to Eye. Yeah. Um, it should be a hashtag uh, the reason that they're, they're playing Eternal Sunshine is because they're doing this thing with uh, films that have a strong relationship between the director and a cinematographer so basically it's a slightly random thing I, I think it might just be to play a couple of films that they have prints of Gather and Dust that they want to you know oh we haven't played Manhattan in six months um, oh we also have Raging Bull here oh Citizen here's Citizen Kane, Kane. yeah it is so, um, I Am Cuba is in there which is a film we saw years ago um, which is lovely with Des Bishop and Mike Murphy not in the film no they were in the audience in the audience we should add it's from 1964 and it is a very beautiful film um, it's black and white like a lot of these films but anyway one of the films that's in there is uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind so it's from 2004 it's nearly 10 years old it's 9 years old nine. Um, and yeah this was one of those I think seminal films for us when we were in college and it's absolutely brilliant and I actually think it'll be really fun to see it on the big screen again um, because wouldn't it be lovely to be able to delete little people from your life and just sort of work out how to do it I'd probably delete you and producer Colin and just see what happens Harsh. in order to meet you again for the first time Oh, that's actually meant to be a compliment. It sounds really sinister and cruel, doesn't it? Yeah. Anyway, uh, July 30th. So that's a bit of Beck. We'll leave that playing there. Um, do you know what you're? What are you looking forward to in the month? Yeah, so there's a film coming out at the end of the month in July. I can finally... I've got it right, you July. you finally got it, yeah. Um, it's called Francis Ha, and uh, it stars Greta Gerwig, and it was directed by Noah Bambach. The interesting thing is here that the two of them kind of co-wrote it, and Greta Gerwig is playing this struggling dancer who's trying to figure it all out. She's in her late 20s, and um, everybody's saying it's fantastic. It's like early Woody Allen, or classic Woody Allen, good Woody Allen. Mixed with HBO's Girls. 
Yeah. And it's black and white after I just was talking about All about the black and white in July. So we'll just have a wee clip about it to give you some of the humour. Motorcycles are so loud. What? I mean, you can't listen to music when you're on a motorcycle. When you're on a motorcycle? Check it, this is me with Jay Leno. He's such a dick. I know, but don't you just love him? Oh. No. Yes. No. Yeah, no. I, yes, I, I'm the one with the tax rebate. Can I take it? Yeah. Uh, 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 fine. Just because you bought dinner doesn't mean I'm going to sleep with you. I'm not trying to sleep with you. No, I was pretending to be a liberated woman. Oh, I got it. <laughs> Thanks for paying. That's very sweet. You're a lady. I'm sorry, but the card didn't go through. Do you have another card you want to... Yeah, so that's coming out July 26th. It might have a limited enough release, but um, you'll definitely catch it somewhere. Yeah, um, my pick is um, The World's End, which uh, is from Edgar Wright, which is part three of what everyone's calling the Cornetto Trilogy. We'll... Uh, play a little clip of them talking about what the hell the Cornetto trilogy is. Do you have a Cornetto here? But you know, sorry, no, no. I'm, I'm a Magnum man. Oh, we had this joke in Shaun of the Dead, where Ed, having a hangover, wanted nothing more than a Cornetto on a Sunday morning. Do you want anything from the shop? Cornetto. I used to use them as a hangover cure when I was at college. If I got really drunk. I was really hungover, I would eat a Cornetto, because for some reason that seemed to work for me. In Hot Fuzz, we, we had a repeat of that line, you know. You want anything from the shop? Cornetto. So then suddenly we had this linking uh, factor in, in the two films, which was the Cornetto. What's the matter, you got brain freeze? No, I got brainwave. So, yeah, that was uh, Simon Pegg um, and Edgar Wright chatting about uh, the Cornetto trilogy, which is Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and now The World's End. So I guess everyone will... Shaun of the Dead was another kind of classic college student movie. Yeah, absolutely. Why are you lamenting? Like, I've already asked you what you have to look I don't know, you're to. really bumming me out with this <laughs> podcast. I'm so old. This is a really nostalgic one. Yep. Um, did I tell you I'm getting married as well? <laughs> what? Yeah, you get and I've also planned my funeral. Like, it's all these life events. <laughs> and I have a mortgage now as well. And six cars. Um, all of the thing, those things are lies, unfortunately. Um, so anyway, The World's End. It's opening on July 19th. Uh, there's a thing um, where two weeks beforehand, pity about the gap, but uh, Edgar Wright, Nick... Uh, Frost Nick Frost why do I always forget his second name and Simon Pegg and Simon Pegg are all coming to the lighthouse in Dublin where they're there for seemingly a weekend I don't know what that means if they're there all the time but they're there for to watch episodes of Spaced Scott Pilgrim's going to be on um, Shaun of the Dead Shaun of the Dead Hot Fuzz and that's it actually yeah there's yeah. four events the episodes of Spaced is my favourite because it's just kind of like really and that's going to have after the episodes of Spaced it's going to have the Q&A the Q&A with the three with lads so um, yeah I think it'll be fun the World's End I just think it's brilliant like all the extra people in like Martin Freeman and yeah. uh, Paddy Considine and everything um, it looks good it looks like it's going to be like an invasion of the body snatchers type film yeah but centred around pub culture in England which would be great Pint a bit of yeah <coughs> Um, and so then very quick mention for two other films which um, are both out next week actually which I strongly would recommend we haven't seen either of them yet but uh, the first one is Ben Wheatley my dad's uh, A Field in England he's not my dad Um, I tell people he is my dad but it would mean he had me when he was about 13 is he younger than us to depress us even more oh I don't know he's he's really he's massive like so um that's it I don't know I, I really like him I've seen him you know introduce films a couple of times and he's one of the warmest kind of nicest people and his films are brilliant like Kill List is phenomenal yeah. Down Terrace is great and even then Sightseers we had last year which is great as well mm-hmm. so um, this is going to be great it's about it's set what 300 years the English back? Civil War which whenever that was I don't remember that they had one um, yeah no 800 years and so on but it looks absolutely <laughs> mad we, I don't I've deliberately haven't read too much about it um, there's something about mushrooms and zombies maybe I don't know yeah who knows um, I think what's most interesting about it is and you brought this to people's attention in the uh, five things we learned this week a uh, couple weeks months maybe ago mm. whereby it's coming out on everything next Friday so you can go to the cinema, cinema to see it TV DVD it's I'm on, film, by the it's DVD. on film 4 
over that week. Is that right? Yeah, it's on film for that night. It's that in night. the cinema. You can get it on DVD. So, like, can I go into the shop at nine o'clock in the morning and watch it before? I don't know. It's video on I, demand. It's yeah. going to be really interesting. I, I would love to know the real reason. Um, why they've done this like did uh, did he manage to trick everyone into saying yeah. oh yeah you can but release it on this day and now he's just gotten paid loads I think it would it must be film 4 but it should be channel 4 because think of how big an audience you would get just flicking through something random and you're like oh I think I'll watch this no yeah. you know well film 4 since it went free to air a couple of years ago like it does I think for in England certainly like it's I don't think in Ireland it doesn't show up as far as I know on the E- e- the program we got it up in Monaghan but you're yeah. right by the Monaghan's border kind of British aren't you you're, you're well looked after but no, you get it, Bermuda so you get it on Freeview so I, I think it'll get a certain audience but yeah certainly not as much as if it was actually on Channel 4 there late on a Friday night where it could probably open up a lot of people's eyes to things um, but that, anyway it's mad who the hell knows it's interesting how because are, like how, how many people are going to go see it in the cinemas you might as well like just throw it out there and see even by doing this it might get a bit yeah. of buzz and people would be interested and in it, it seems kind of like low budget in that I always got the impression people enjoy working for him and it's not really uh, you know I think I don't think anyone's going to lose money from this it's going to be kind no. of fun whatever yeah. the hell happens and then also out that day is the bling ring which uh so Sophia, Sophia Coppola. Coppola, yeah, which um and Emma Watson and they kind of rob famous people's houses like based Paris on Hilton. a true story. Yeah, so I don't know. It could be could be good, could be bad. We could say that about everything. This month's <laughs> Spring Breakers, eh? Yeah, this is the thing. Like, it looks like a like a less exciting, less ridiculous Spring Breakers because it's slightly exploitative of young women who who kind of try and rob stuff I don't know I think at the end of the year we're going to be like oh do you remember the bling ring when it tried to be Spring Breakers but I don't know Sofia Coppola had that film um, what was it sometime somewhere sometimes three years ago with Stephen Dorff and terrible. nobody I loved it oh I didn't Did like really that I'm like really bored alright you see no. there you go really yeah. divisive I love I really really well I like her other stuff she did The Virgin Suicides didn't she and Marianne Antoinette right and Lost in Translation yeah so who knows anyway yeah. that's the end of the year um, Beck I think finished playing there a while ago so that probably means we should probably wrap it up thanks um, again to producer Colin thanks to producer Colin with the tunes and the wearing the headphones as always um, we as always you can listen back to older episodes on iTunes and SoundCloud and tweet we'll at us let us know how we're doing if there's yeah. anything good or bad if you're still listening you know yeah. we will be running a competition on next month's podcast to spread the word to win a mug um, it's pool.ie mug we've decided the time is now anyway we better wrap it up it's getting late we've got to go to sleep bye 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 bye